Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation at their code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you're listening live, you can join via the phone call or you can join us in the chat in a second. <laughs> and uh, if you have your free blogtalkradio.com account, you'll be able to join us in there and ask your questions, leave your comments, criticize me, all that other fun stuff that you might want to do. Uh, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on <clears throat> Twitter. I was a little rushed today, so uh, going a little bit off format. We, uh, since we don't have a headline sponsor, sometimes I feel I can just kind of skip uh, my uh, snarky headlines or whatever. So that's what I'm going to do today. We're going to just pass on right over uh, the headlines, uh, go right into the, quote, meat of the show, uh, which is pretty much going to be just a random conversation about various different things today. Because, again, um, new job, new uh, – uh, a little tired today. It's not not getting all. The, I, I got the hypocrite of the week done, but I got it done um, very shortly before the show, like a couple hours before the show, not like the day before the show. Like I like to do it. Uh, we do have bringing a boy and Deminox in the chat, which should uh, help make things lively. Um, I have a new mic today. I hope uh, I, I thought I thought I sounded okay with the new mic. Um, if anybody has any, uh, if I, if, I, if I don't sound good or if I sound worse, let me know or sound better. You can also let me know as well. So, uh, trying on my new headphones. Uh, I also had new headphones, but the headphones buzzing in them and like, not, not when I hear it, when I heard myself, but when I was recording myself, recorded the hypocrite of the week this week, uh, it really wasn't, it, it did it sound like there was just kind of a background hum that I was having a problem getting out. But when I recorded it with the other mic uh, that I just got, that seems to be working somewhat better. Um, so let me know in the chat, or if you're listening after, let me know if you think that the uh, audio quality is uh, better. Um, let me see. Let, let's go ahead and do uh, Words of Redneck Wisdom first. We can tackle that one because, um, I, I got that one done right at 8 o'clock, so. And now, words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking investing in finance in the Just Money Minute. Inflation pain is real, and right now it is every-
as I was saying what, while I was muted, um, yeah, because I muted myself so that the audio, you wouldn't hear me over the words of Redneck Wisdom. Uh, and then the words of Redneck Wisdom uh, turned out to not be the correct audio because I guess I copied and pasted the wrong audio into it. Uh, I guess it didn't keep, uh, I don't know what happened. I had made the uh, the second commercial block and then I moved on and I copied something. Apparently, I thought I copied some audio from uh, from one or the other, but apparently it wasn't the wrong audio. So, yeah. As, and as I was saying, while I was muted, uh, that, that if I was going to create a worst of Liberal Day and Radio, the beginning of this episode would clearly be an example of that. Uh, so th- this, this goes on the worst of episodes. I don't know if I have a best of episode, but this is going to be on the worst of episode. Um, let's see. Are you going to go after Senator McCarthy? Is it Senator McCarthy or, or, or House Minority Leader McCarthy uh, for renting a room from Lutz? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go after McCarthy for doing that. Uh, Frank Luntz has been, uh, interestingly enough, one of the more rational conservatives recently. Uh, you might disagree um, that the bringing boy asked about Luntz. Um, I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but Luntz, you know, he got together and he. He did, he did a focus group, and he gathered a bunch of – I think I did one of the words of Redneck Wisdoms off of that because there was one guy in that – I think it was from Oklahoma, and ooh, he was just way out there. But he really didn't – you know, he was. He, it looked like he was trying to, to kind of educate the people. Like he was like, look, well, what if, what if somebody told you this, and it was this person telling it? And instead of hearing it from Fauci, what if it was just this doctor who, who is, you know – and they, and what if you what if you had to get a vaccine to uh, what if you had to get a vaccine to watch McCollum to go traveling and then some of the people were like well I'm hesitant to do it but if I had to do it to travel I would do it to go travel so I don't know I think Frank Luntz has been reasonable and he and look when you this is the problem nowadays and and I know. Some of the people, like, you know, you see many definitions of leftists, and you see many definitions of progressives, and, and I seem to fit check enough boxes to fit, I would say. I, I, I do call myself a pragmatic uh, progressive, um, because there's sometimes where, like, look, I, I want these things, but I'm willing to settle for these things if it means some improvement. Um, but at the end of the day, I want, you know, like, things like Medicare for all, and stuff like that and universal basic income and you know basically making sure that i would love that if, if i was going to do a show on universal universal basic income but i didn't feel like i was adequately prepared to discuss the economics of it uh because you have to look into you have to you have to do major changes um i guess to how what's collected what's taxed what in order to accomplish the goal but the, the, one of the things about universal basic income that I, I would think conservatives would actually like is that you would you could then nuke the minimum wage. If everybody's guaranteed to have the minimum amount of money to live, then you don't need a minimum wage. Then the power is even when it comes to employers and employees. Employers are going to demand labor, and lawyers employers are going to find out 
what the real value of that labor is instead of finding, instead of trying to strong arm people or benefiting off of the fact that, oh, well, we're giving these people government benefits like food stamps and whatever. And the formulas for food stamps and everything are also terrible because there are situations where you gain, you know, $1 of income and, it ha- and you have to lose uh, $300 worth of benefits. One of the problems with the current unemployment uh, system, the pandemic unemployment does that. I know we have at least one listener who does, who is dealing with that situation or has dealt with that situation over the course of the pandemic, where you have to say, well, if I'm going to make, if I'm going to make a dollar more, I'm going to lose out on a hundred dollars more, $300 more. I think we would have better been better off in this pandemic, just giving everybody a stipend, uh, a weekly stipend, which would have been the amount of whatever the, maybe, maybe it would have been a little bit less. I don't know. But it would have been whatever whatever that amount would have been. It would it would be payable to people regardless of if you're on on unemployment. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have lessened unemployment. And then you could have said, well, if you if you go to work, you get this money still because it's then near hazard pay. If you're working in, a, in an industry that requires you to come into work because we need you to work to keep the economy moving, uh, then guess what? You get hazard pay, and this is counting as hazard pay. Money comes from our tax dollars, obviously. So bring a boy asking, where's the, where's the money uh, going to come from? It comes from our tax dollars, clearly. Uh, and you're going to, you know, tax. Um, on, on the short-term level, you would have to, you'd probably do some deficit spending, sure. Um, but there's not, so there's not an issue with, if the, in an emergency is when you deficit spend. If I don't have, if I have an emergency that comes up in my house, my home, I use a credit card and then I pay it off. That's deficit spending. It happens. Sometimes you need to do that. Um, in the long term, long term UBI, you'd have to change the tax code structure. Um, you'd ha- I would, but you could then tax every single dollar earned from the first dollar earned. So you wouldn't have to have, you know, offsets of, uh, you know, okay, well this is, you don't have to have complicated tax forms. You could just be like, how much money did you make? Really? Okay, you're paying X percent of that, and that's being paid back into it. So at some point, you know, you will reach a point where you're you're not getting any net benefit from the government uh, because you will have paid that much in taxes. But at that point, you're more than self-sufficient, and you know, and you don't need to worry about it. Um, and that's that's the thing where I think people, you know, don't understand people who people who are a lot of times conservatives often want want to. Want us to talk about you know having a wider and broader tax base? Well, that's the best way to do it. Is it's just by making sure that every every dollar that's paid out is part of it. Now some of that money is going back in, but hey, and then you figure out just how much money you need to uh, how much money you need to uh, you know to survive, and then you you make that you know you make that the, the bit of the UBI and then you figure out what tax rate is reasonable to charge on any income earned. So you make it, you make it still attractive. So let's say the tax rate is 25% or even 35%. Let's say that's the tax rate. Um, you know, and everybody pays the same thing regardless of what you, your, what's taxed, be it your income, stock gains, whatever. You do that. And guess what? Then everybody pays it out. So it would be it would be interesting to see to do the math on all that. But I and I haven't done all the math on it. I know there are people who have. Um, and I do want to you know do more research in it before doing a full uh, show about it. Let's see. 
looking in the chat to see if there's anything else. Um, surprise, the left are not asking for his head on a stick for using taxpayer money. For whose head on a stick? McCarthy? McCarthy, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you mean McCarthy, I mean, Congressman probably get a subsidy, I'm guessing, for uh, to, to cover a room when you're living in, you know, maybe like stipend for, for, for a place to stay because, you know, obviously you can't live at home uh, during when you're there during times of Congress is in session. Um, I mean, it's got to go to somebody. So I don't care who that somebody is as long as he's not using more money than, than what somebody else in his position would get. Let's see. Sure, take money out of my paycheck for taxes. Well, I mean, well, I don't know how much money you make bringing a boy. Maybe, uh, but maybe you get a net benefit from it because you're get you you might get more money because you're now benefiting from the UBI. Thing is, is that 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 becomes a true social safety net. It makes the UBI becomes if you it doesn't it doesn't punish work, and it makes it so that if for some reason you lose your job, you're not going to fall back on you know into poverty. You're going to at least have enough to survive. And maybe it would cause people to be able to make money doing things that they want to do instead of having to do things that they have to do. And maybe it'll cause people to be more creative and maybe it'll stimulate the economy better because people could, you know, work on these projects that maybe they would, would normally, maybe people might write books more, you know, if, if you were a writer, but you can't write because, you know, you, you, uh, you don't have the time because you have to work two full-time jobs to survive. Well, maybe now you can write. Maybe now you can create things. Because at some point, we're going to reach a point in our economy. I don't know if it's going to be in the next 10 years or 20 years or 50 years or 100 years, but we're going to reach a point in this in this country, this planet, where everything's going to where everything is automated, or most things are automated, and you no longer need 75% of the workforce to produce the things that we need. So then, what do those people do? Starve? No, we need to rethink the tax code. Um, in, in such a way that is of course if we don't kill the planet first um okay let's ask the rothschilds you know i would ask you bringing a boy to not bring up the rothschilds because every time conservatives bring up the rothschilds it just smells of anti-semitism i'm not saying you're trying to be anti-semitic with it but that's what people who like myself who were raised jewish uh who, who, whenever you hear people complaining about the rothschild it's uh hey Let's insult the Jews' time. So maybe think of somebody else. And the same goes for George Soros, because basically you plug in George Soros and you and, and Jewish people go, oh, you're criticizing the Jews. There you go, more more Jew criticizing. Speaking of criticizing the Jews, nice segue into what's going on. A lot of the times when there are problems between Israel and Hamas, some of the people that word their issues with Israel um do so in a way that is not good i'm not saying that about anybody particularly in our chat room right now uh i've seen his posts on the goings on in israel right now and they seem to be even handed and and not done in a way that makes it sound like you're attacking jewish people um but you know there are people who do badly when they come to criticizing israel and instead of just criticizing Israel, it comes off as being critical of Jews in and of itself. So let's 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 talk about that for a second. I have long said, as a general rule, that the problem in Israel and Palestine 
and the Middle East in general, is conservatives. Benjamin Netanyahu is a conservative. He's part of the Likud. He is part of the conservative party over there. He is part of the problem. Hamas are the religious conservatives over there. They are conservatives. They would, if they got control of the region and managed to get what they want to do, which is to kick all of the Jews into the sea, which is that that's what that's in their charter is to kick every Jew into the sea. They're, they're, they're the religious conservatives, they're cons- but they're conservatives. And what other conservatives are to blame? The American conservatives who want to push, you know, a, a Jewish state to be fully in control over there, but not for the, you know, not because they love the Jews, but because uh, in order for, for Christian prophecy to become true, they need a bunch of Jews over there so that they die first. With friends like that, who needs an enemy? So, or an enema, one of the two. But let, let's look at the goings on in Israel for a second and see what's happening. Netanyahu has been having a real hard time struggling. I think they've had, what, five elections in the last three years? Like, that, that's one of the problems with parliamentary systems of government is that you have these, is you wind up with these ridiculousness of having to have elections all the time uh, if you can't form a government. So what did Netanyahu, what's Netanyahu doing? Netanyahu threatened the use, you know, there's the Iron Dome, which is the term for the, for the system that they have to try and protect themselves when Hamas ro- shoots rockets, other shells, into Israel. So he said instead of, you know, if he's, he's threatening the use of an iron fist instead of an iron dome, then he needs to go after, well, look. I'm not a, I'm not a necessarily somebody who's going to say that you always have to use proportional force. Um, I, if, if somebody was hitting me, let's say, and I wanted them to stop hitting me, I don't just I wouldn't just use hitting. I wouldn't just hit them back and and you know and just counter them punch for punch. I would keep hitting them until they stopped punching me. So I don't necessarily believe in in proportionate force, but there are many examples that can be shown. That where Israel has used such disproportionate force that it's not reasonable. Because there's reasonable disproportionate force, and then there's unreasonable disproportionate force. Israel, under Netanyahu, has many times used unreasonable disproportionate force. Now, does this mean that Hamas is good and cool and kosher? Well, I mean, halal. Um, no, because there are also examples where Hamas have used children as human shields, and a lot of the, sometimes the death of the children over there uh, can be squarely put on the heads of Hamas, who are using them to be like, oh, they killed our kids. Hey, kids, coke play in that building over there that's about to get bombed. Um, but, so, so look, I'm not going to be, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm no friend of Hamas. Hamas can kiss my ass. Hamas, again, their founding charter was, was they were formed specifically to kick every Jew into the They were formed on a platform of genocide, Jewish genocide. That's why Hamas was formed. Unfortunately, um, the actions of uh, Likud and then Yahoo and the actions of bulldozing uh, Palestinians' uh, terror homes to build settlements on the West Bank and um, the actions that are done that, that, do, that are not favorable to the uh, livelihood and well-being of the Palestinians who are living over there, because there are plenty of Palestinians living over there who just want to live in peace. That's genocidal too. Uh, 
if you're raising people's lands to build settlements is also genocide. So you have people in charge on both sides who have no problem with using genocide to further their goals. Um, now, Israel has more power than the Palestinian people in and of themselves, but Hamas does get plenty of outside help. Um, now, so if Hamas starts shelling or starts launching rockets from their territories, is Israel just supposed to sit there and whistle and say, oh, well, you know, nothing. what can we do? And, and that, that's why Hamas launches the that's the, that's why Hamas does that. Is they, they they know that they can get away with a certain amount of stuff because they know that when Israel responds, they're going to do so in such a way that's going to draw condemnation from the international community, and they're going to help make themselves look like victims. So, in my opinion, not enough blame is put on Hamas for when they do bad and when they poke the bear, and and you know you don't poke the bear, but not enough. Internal blame in Israel is done to blame Netanyahu for what he's doing. I'm sorry, Bibi. I don't know when he be started becoming Bibi uh, instead of Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, maybe sometime after 9-11 that happened. And that, that kind of tells you one of the problems with Israel over there as well. Benjamin Netanyahu was prime minister of Israel in September 11, 2001. 20 years later, he is prime minister again. They need some new leadership over there. They need some more leader, and they, and they need to make sure to form a government. That, and what, what, if they were smart, they would form a government with, you know, your more liberal parties like labor, et cetera, and, you know, maybe form a government with some of the, you know, Arab, Muslim, Palestinian, Israelis, the ones who are, you know, who are Israeli citizens who do get to participate in government, form it with them and 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 kick Bibi out because Bibi ate. <laughs> Bibi should eat his, eat his lunch. Obama named him Bibi. I didn't. Is that true? That Obama named him Bibi. I I, I don't know if that's true or not. That would be interesting if it was. I think it's a stupid nickname, but you know, hey. People have stupid nicknames here. My theory is the most anti-Semitic people are the Zionic Christians because they want to end the world. Oh my God, I was just <laughs> apparently yeah. There you go. Me and Dylan are saying the same thing at the same time because you know that's why we form Voltron so well because we we have very similar ideas. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Come back. Continue taking your calls. Uh, or, or start taking your calls if you want to call in, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Off to the left, that's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? 
Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. world gone mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. Again, you can also join us in the chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to the episode page, sign in with your free blogtalkradio.com account, and join Bringing a Boy and Demonox for uh, the... Uh, for the chat going on in the background as we talk about the issues and also ask questions if you wish. And if, again, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, at facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldan radio on Twitter. So let's go ahead and uh, we just came out of the break. Let's go ahead and play the hypocrite of the week this week, and then we can talk about that fun stuff. This week's hypocrites of the week are conservatives who complain against Donald Trump being canceled from social media, but who support canceling Liz Cheney because she dares speak the truth about January 6th, insurrection, treason, sedition, and the danger Donald Trump poses to this country. If you don't think people should be canceled for speech, don't cancel people for speech. To see who next week's hypocrite of the week will be, tune into Liberal Dan Radio 
Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there's not many Republicans these days um, with backbones, with spines, people who are willing to stand up to, you know, speak their truth, speak the truth against, you know, Donald Trump and his ridiculousness and those who who believe that there's no future without Donald Trump. There's no future of the Republican Party without Trump, like Lindsey Graham said. Um, and of course, there's Mitch McConnell, who probably wouldn't like Donald Trump anymore to be in power, but still has to kiss his ass with his little turtle shell neck. Um, because, you know, clearly there's a chunk of, if, if they stopped supporting Donald Trump, people would leave the party and the party would die or their power would die, at least, I would say, and they would find new people to replace them with who will support Donald Trump. And the weirdest thing, again, as we talked about this a little bit last week, that uh, the replacement for Liz Cheney supports, when it comes to actual policy, she, she didn't vote for those items that Liz Cheney did for Trump. Liz Cheney just voted against Trump's, Trump himself, but the policies that Trump supported, she voted for more of them. But I, 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 I kind of got diverted off topic on an earlier conversation that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, I'm sure there are people on the left. I know there are people on the left who get frustrated over, you know, liberals doing things like, you know, talking about how, oh, we miss George W. Bush. We really don't miss George W. Bush. But when George W. Bush is a voice of reason as compared to the people who are in charge today, that's just a scary thing. Like, like you can go point back and look at uh, Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush and their debate that they had on immigration. And on that specific debate, on, those, on that specific issue, you would have thought that two liberals were on stage talking about the topic because they were talking about, you know, the way the things they were saying about, you know, you can't be mean to them. They just want to work. You know, they were saying things that, you know, liberals would say today. But that's because, you know, that still doesn't mean that Reagan's a good person. It still doesn't mean that Reagan was an extremely problematic. Um, but there's also, the, there's those bits of Ronald Reagan that I think that conservatives like to forget about. Um <laughs> Devin Ox wearing those shoes with that dress as a hate crime. Don't shame my outfits, please. <laughs> Actually, I'm not wearing shoes anyway, so there you go. Um, and I'm back to uh, what am I? What am I? I? I went a full year without wearing socks during COVID because <laughs> every time I go run my errands, I just throw on my sandals and my Crocs or whatever. <laughs> That's what I would go wear. Uh, and, and then it just got to a point where I just I, I never had to leave the house for anything, so for anything work related. So I just worked at home. Never need to wear socks when I'm working at home. So and then I had to wear socks one day, uh, February 6th, when I started my new position. So guess what? It's now been a month and six days since I've worn socks again. So I'm a new a new streak is going. So I'm not thanking everybody to know about my socks. I know, but Devin Ox's comment made me chuckle. Um, but no, you have, you know, I'm not a fan of Mitt Romney. I think what Mitt Romney did with Bain Capital is terrible. How Bain Capital killed uh, KB Toys. You know, that's, that nobody should forget about that. 
But the fact that Mitt Romney is willing to stand up to the ridiculousness that is Donald Trump, you know, says at least he has some moral character, some fiber of, you know, of a spine, some willingness to just stand up against the bully. Because that's basically what Donald Trump is. He's he is a bully. And he and and there's about a, what a hundred prominent Republicans are threatening to form a new party if the GOP yields to Trump dominion. Uh, over a hundred Republicans, including former elected officials, were issued a letter outlining an ultimatum: get rid of Trump or we'll start a third party. Um, uh, Reuters broke the story. Um, let's see, blah blah blah. Uh, the letter will call for a return of principled leadership and urge the GOP to, to reject division and conspiracy theories. Signatories include Christine Todd Whitman, uh, Tom Ridge, Mary Peters, uh, Charlie Dent, Barbara Comstock, Reed Ribble, Mickey Edwards. Um, the Republican Party has tied its future to Trump. They've advanced his conspiracy theories, echoed his rhetoric, and flocked to Mar-a-Lago for his advice. But Trump's support among rank and file Republicans might be slipping, might be. Um, 44% Republicans saying they're more supporters of Trump than the GOP versus 50 who are saying they're more supporters of GOP than the former president. But that is the thing. There, that's a big divide. And if you could actually, if that actually got split, I mean, that's, that's a good thing for, for the rest of the country. Um, because even if you had Republicans in some areas, you know, get, you know, who are now part of this new fangled party, uh, that would come up, even if they were able to win in those districts instead of the Republicans, you know, maybe those are people who might be willing to work with, you know, because basically work with Biden and work with the Democrats on things that are needed for America. Because in reality, there's no, absolutely no platform of the Republican Party right now, except for stopping Joe Biden. And that's not leadership. That's ridiculousness. You can't just campaign on, we're going to stop. I mean, you can, and it does, and it works. Um, but that that's how sorry this country has become when it comes to its politics, is that that's all you do, is you're, is you're not going to, is, is you're only focused on going against what the other person says and not working together when it's needed. Look, I'm not saying that I'm not expecting that I'm expect I'm not expecting the Republican Party to be like, okay, well we're going to support the Democrats on abortion. Um, you know, I, I don't understand why conservative. You know, if you're not a religious conservative, even if you are a religious conservative, I want I would think that you would understand that you know less abortions is better than criminalizing abortions. Uh, and if you look empirically at the data, you know you would see that things like uh, when Jeb Bush defunded Planned Parenthood in Florida, abortions went up in his state. But when Hickenlooper uh, gave universal access to contraception in Colorado, free access uh, to contraception, unwanted pregnancies dropped, which means abortions dropped. So that's, if, if you want to actually reduce the number of abortions that take place, you would actually want these progressive policies to come into play. Because you know the, the number of unwanted pregnancies that that the liberals want are zero. They want every pregnancy to be a planned pregnancy. They want every parent, every every bit of parenthood to be planned parenthood. That's why it's called planned parenthood. Um, anyway, but it's just interesting just to see 
you know, m- maybe, you know, she's going to go down swinging and maybe she'll take a good, sh- maybe by her going down swinging, she'll take a good chunk of the party with her. And, you know, sometimes you have situations where parties need to rebuild and Donald Trump has become so toxic and maybe enough people are going to say enough. We need to, we need to stop this. We need to get off the Trump train. But what's unfortunate um, is that you have enough Republicans out there. Again, not all of them. But you have enough Republicans out there who will just continue riding the Trump train, who will continue doubling down on 12. What do I mean? So if you're playing blackjack and you double down, you know, you usually want to double down on the safe bet, on the good bet. So like doubling down on 11. Like dealer has a six showing, you have an 11. That's the perfect time to double down because the dealer is most likely going to have a 10 underneath and the dealer will most likely draw a 10 because 10 are the most likely thing to draw. But even if the dealer had um, a nine or an eight or a seven or a six, you know, any one of those and then had a 10 or the common number of combinations of cards that the dealer has, because so the dealer has to hit at 16, at 16. So the dealer has a 10, you got to hit. But even if you, even if you dealer does have like an ace and has a 17 and has to stand, if you get, a 10 on your double down, you get 21, you get, you get your money back. Unless the dealer manages to hit up 21. I've had that happen before playing blackjack. I was the third person at the table. I was at third base. There was somebody at first base and someone in, someone in the middle of between us and the person, the dealer had a six showing and the person had two and they hit. And I was like, no, or the person had 12 and they hit. I was like, don't no. And they got like a, they got a 10 and then the next person hit and they got a 10 and I had an 11 and I had to double down and I got a four or something. And the dealer draw just drew to 21 and I, it was just stupid. I don't know why I forget exactly the, the number of the cards that came out, but the people just, the people just done what they were supposed to do. We would have all won money, but because they played stupid, we all lost. Um, but playing stupid would be, again, doubling down on a 12 is never good. I did it once in my life. The dealer warned me not to do it. I was like, well, let me try. And I got a 10 and I lost my money. And then I realized, okay, this is not a good idea because it's math odds. You know, you need to, you need to play the, play the odds. So doubling down on 12, this is what the, the, the Republicans really do. They can be wrong. They could be so wrong on something, but they will continue to double down on it because they don't want to admit that they're wrong. It's one of the biggest problems that I have with conservatism today is that, is that they never want to, uh, they'll never admit that they're wrong. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the other commercial break. Um, and we will come back, take more of your calls as well. Y'all can speak up in the chat room as well. If, if y'all have any points to make, cause y'all have been silent for a bit. Um, again, come back, take your calls. Get your messages in chat, 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, 
is pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tune. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan dot com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking investing in finance in the Just Money Minute. Inflation pain is real, and right now it is everywhere. U.S. consumer prices of goods and services, measured by the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, rose 0.8% in April, the most it's risen since 1982. The Federal Reserve Board is assuring everyone this is temporary. Modern inflation can be a byproduct of a growing economy and even beneficial as long as it's controlled. Ideally, it will result in companies raising wages, which have been stagnant for decades. But the stock market, which usually moves a few steps ahead of the general economy, clearly isn't happy about the potential decrease in purchasing power. The stock market sell-off also reflects investor worries about rising prices and supply shortages. But hopefully, the sharp sell-off we're seeing now is, like the inflation, only temporary. The big question remaining is, if the U.S. truly hasn't experienced much inflation until recently, why on earth are housing prices so high? This has been the Just Money Minute. Build wealth and fight the wealth gap. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. Have y'all seen Seth Rogen without a beard? It's the weirdest thing ever. Uh, He looks like a completely different person. Then again, I look like a completely different person. I don't have my goatee on either, but it's just weird. Um, Anyway, uh, so... The title of the show is More on Covidiots, uh, so we wanted to get around to that as well. Um, again, we also want to talk about the, the craziness that was going on with uh, the people who, uh, there's the ransomware attack on the pipeline, comp, pipeline system, so we're going to, you know, some people run out and go get gas and, and like, hoard the gasoline. It goes, oh, no, you know, we're going to run out of gas, which we wouldn't have run out of gas if people wouldn't have made the run on the gasoline. Probably even worse than the whole toilet paper debacle last year. Uh, But yeah, so it's ridiculous. What's even more ridiculous is the people who were filming, who who got film, or film, who took video of people filling up plastic bags to the point where the U- U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, USCPC, at USCPC on, I guess, Twitter, says 
Do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. Why do you have to be told this? There are signs right there on the pumps, most pumps at least, of the types of containers that you can put gasoline in and types of containers that you shouldn't put gasoline in. But here's the problem. And with all of the people who are so like, my freedom, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to take it. The vaccine government told me to do it, so therefore I'm not going to do it. I literally had somebody who was on my friends list who who literally made the argument that normally, if, if, if without anything else, if a business would have said, we would like you to wear a mask to come into our establishment, that he would wear the mask to honor their wishes. But because government said to do it, he refused to do it. And literally cutting off your nose to spite your, I guess figuratively cutting off your nose to spite, to spite your face. But they changed that dictionary definition where now literally means figuratively. Go figure. So these people are ridiculous. But if you hadn't heard this one, I know Demodox has heard this one. Uh, people, we need warning not to use a barbecue to help heat inside your house. Well, I mean, that's not necessarily as as uh, intuitive as one might think. Like, one might not think, well, if you put the barbecue in your house, you're going to get carbon monoxide in your house and you might kill your family. You might not realize that the carbon monoxide is going to be coming off the fire, so therefore it's not a good idea to, to, to burn a wood, burn a barbecue pit in your house to get warmth in the middle of a freezing cold or whatever. I, I can see government telling you to do that and people not understanding that. But holy crap. But that whole, I mean, the idea that, and it wasn't just like, these weren't Ziploc bags. Some people were feeling like a grocery, like a Walmart bag with gasoline. There's no way to seal it. There's no it's ridiculous. Now, I'm sure some of the bags that I saw were not really gasoline, and some of them were just people being trolling and blah, blah, blah. But these people were literally filling bags. But if you tell them, by the government commission saying, don't do this, I guarantee you there are, there are some people out there going to be like, well, God damn it, I'm going to put gasoline in this bag because government told me not to, and can't believe the government's going to do the exact opposite of what the government tells me to do. So, I was kind of hoping that these people that were stocking, hoarding up on gasoline um, and shoving them in the back of their car, I was like, please get rear-ended. That would be hilarious. Just a hilarious end. Um, but here's the thing about the, the COVIDians. I know Knox Again, first Liberal Dan Radio Patreon with the world according to Knox. Check it out. Good podcast. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, there are people who are now saying, the people who are anti-vaxxers, who are now saying that they are now going to wear a mask and they're now going to socially distance. Now, after all these months of not doing it, they're going to do it. Why? Because they're afraid that people are going to shed the vaccine. They're afraid that people are going to, the people who are vaccinated are going to be walking around all vaccinated 
and then the vaccine is going to magically escape from their skin and then go get on them and then they're going to get sick because of the vaccine. Now, these people couldn't be bothered to wear masks and socially distance during the pandemic. They weren't afraid of the virus because the virus was a hoax to them. Threat the, to the virus. Now, I know what Trump said versus what and when Trump said what he said, Trump said that the Democrat response is the hoax. But I knew as soon as he said that, that Trump's supporters, many of them at least, would say the virus is a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax because Trump just said it. Well, that's not what he said. He said that the response is a hoax. Trump was saying that it was all overblown because Trump wanted to sugarcoat everything, make it look nice and give everyone diabetes. Even though Trump told Woodward, again, that uh, the virus, the vaccine, the virus is worse than he was telling everybody else it was. That it was not the flu. It was much worse than the flu. But, and here's the big but, now these people are going to wear socially distanced because they believe that the vaccine is going to shed on and, and make you sick? It's just absurd. I mean, if that gets them to mask and socially distance, hey, more power. I did see a video where somebody was saying that the, what the maskers believe and then was encouraging people to wear masks and be socially distant. And it was clearly him mocking them. But if it works to get them to mask and be socially distant, cool. People will be more safe. Now they should be taking the vaccine unless you can't unless your doctor says you physically can't take a vaccine because there are some people who really can't take the vaccines and they rely on people to vaccinate to get herd immunity. I'm dealing with something right now where I I we my, there's standardized testing that's going on in New Orleans or in Louisiana called the Leap test. And my son who is 12 so he's not vaccinated yet. Uh, we, we did put him in a trial, um, but even if he was able to get the Pfizer vaccine, because they've approved it for 12-year-olds, he still wouldn't be fully vaccinated for weeks from now, even if he got in on that. But we're hoping that he got the real version in, in the vaccine trial. But anyway, he has to go to school tomorrow. We've been distance learning all year. He has to go to school tomorrow to take this stupid test. And we flat out told him. I don't trust other parents, and I don't trust other kids. If they put you within six feet of somebody, or if there, or if there are people that are not masking properly around you, you tell them to call us, and we're going to come get you. Because we're not putting up with that. We're not allowing you to be put your health at risk, especially with this new triple threat or triple mutation uh, version of the virus that's in India. That's, I mean, if, if that's not, there, there was one city in India, again, that where one out of every two people were testing positive. It is a crisis over there. And that, that could come over here. That, you know, those, that virus could come over here. And if these people aren't going to vaccinate, and if these people aren't going to mask up and socially distance, these people are going to help give the virus more opportunities to mutate. And that's why everybody needs to wear do wear a mask, be socially distanced until they're fully vaccinated, and then still follow the CDC guidelines. But we know that they're not going to. And then we're going to have the Olympics. 
We're going to have the freaking Olympics this summer. The 2020 Olympics going off in 2021. And nobody has ever, apparently nobody has played Plague Inc. Because when you play Plague Inc., you, you, you play the part of the virus. And you love when they say that the Olympics are going to go on despite the threat of the virus or despite the, the pandemic threat. Why? Because that creates more vectors of transmission so that your, you, your virus can spread around and, and, and mutate more. Now, obviously, you shouldn't live your life according to a game, but the game is based on some real-world principles. Like, you know, don't give that viruses more vectors of transmission. Just don't. But let's see. People who still think the mask helps still. The mask does help. Bringing it, boy. The mask is prevents. If you have the virus and you wear a mask, it prevents you from spreading it to other people. That's what the mask does. There's some evidence to show that there's some efficacy that by wearing a mask, you also have some measure of protection for yourself. And I think with the, the double masking also helps with that. But the reason we've been told to wear a mask from the beginning of the time when they started telling people to wear cloth masks was because it will help prevent you from spreading it to others if you have it. Period. And I don't know why this is so hard to explain. See, he says, right, no more Olympics, stop living, uh, stay uh, stay indoors. I mean, no Olympics. We shouldn't have an Olympics. That's way too dangerous. People coming from all over the world in one city. In a pandemic, and you want people to come from all over the world into one city, living in dorms together. That, 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 should, that should be raising red flags all over the place. The Olympics should end anyways, according to Demonox, totally unethical. There's I'm I'm turning into Peter Brady right now. But it's time to change. Um, The Olympics should end. And anyway, totally unethical. Uh, Yeah, you know, there are are issues that happen because these cities spend lots of money trying to get these Olympics to come to their cities. And and then uh, part of the argument is then these, these areas fall into disrepair and you wind up killing these cities that they're in. So... Um, there are there are definitely problems with the Olympics, but um, with the Demonox, do I need to send 500 case studies to bringing a boy's networked printer? That would be hilarious if you were able to do that. Just be like, and all of a sudden there's a printer, printer starts turning on. Here's all the studies. But here's the thing, that might waste will be a lot of waste of paper because you know that would assume bringing a boy would have to want to read said things. So. Um, and and, I'm, and look, maybe bringing a boy you would, but a lot of the people who don't seem to have understand or want to understand or want to, that's the thing. It's like there are plenty of, there's plenty of research out there that tells you what masking does. And you, by listening to this program, you should know what those reasons are and how masking works. So for you to still be opposed to masking either means you're trolling or it means that 
you're just choosing to remain willfully ignorant of the on the issues pertaining to masking. And there's no there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse for people to know to, to still not know the purpose of masking. No reason whatsoever. Anyway. Um, I think I am going to call this. I think we're going to do a one-hour show today. I think, or or, or shortly, or much, or a little bit less than a one-hour show. Um, I didn't. I didn't. One thing I need to work on is I couldn't think of a good new intro. Uh, I told myself that I was going to do the Joe Biden getting sworn in. Uh, that that was going to be my intro for the first hundred days of his presidency. But we're not going to be doing that for the entirety of his presidency. That that's that's complete that that we need something new um obviously i can't do bractophobia because that uh that's long gone uh obviously uh i can't do will fight back uh because that also is not relevant anymore uh at least not at the moment it could come back uh assuming you know assuming the republicans are able to continue on with their coup um, let's see. No, it's what I believe. No mask. You did. You what? I, what did I do? You don't have to stop. I'll wear a mask. So you're saying if I'll continue on with the podcast for the night, then you'll decide you'll wear a mask. Um, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I, I do. If you have ideas. If you're listening now or afterwards and you have an idea for, for a show for a new show intro, I'd be glad to listen. Um, I'll have to I'll have to think of something good, uh, some new maybe a new project, maybe a new Hamilton parody needs to come out. Um, I, maybe I can do a. Um, I did have an idea for I'm not waiting for my shot. Um, because in that I'm not going to wait to get my shot. I am going to continue to mask up. Um, so like if you're familiar with Hamilton and the part of that song is rise up, when you, you rise up, one of these colonies going to rise up. And so, and then, so mask up, mask up. And I was going to have some of the people that did the background for the other parodies that I did on the one and the, uh, and the, and the one for the full version of uh, We'll Fight Back, uh, they were, I was going to have them do the the mask up, mask up background, um, like 5,000 doesn't seem just like a memory. Uh, Donald Trump's actions were like a felony. That's uh, that type of thing. Uh, um, let's see. Just kidding. How drunk it was to go through. Bringing it, boy. I, I mean, if, sure, drinking makes liberal day and radio more palatable sometimes, to, especially those who might disagree with me. I don't. Uh, I have done some drinking uh, whilst podcasting in the past before. I do. Uh, let's see. I was did do a little bit of drinking over the weekend. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, boy, drinking the gas doesn't save it for later. You got to put it in the bathtub and make hooch for your car. <laughs> This is why I need to be in the in the chat room because especially when you have Devin and Docs and Bringing a Boy in there, it's they're just great to bounce off of each other. Um, unfortunately, as you have news from last week, we did think that my dog was uh, turning the corner 
um, and unfortunately, Sushi did pass away on Friday. Uh, we thought things were looking good after the second blood transfusion, um, and uh, the, when they took some more testing, uh, we thought and she, so she might have been getting a little more pneumonia uh, on top of her things. So we went to go, we went, we made the decision that we were going to go ahead and, um, you know, put her to sleep and. Uh, you could tell that um, you know, she was very, very weak, very wheezy. It was, it was time. So, um, yeah. So that's. <laughs> I want to end the show on a sad note, but uh, it's, it's been a rough, rough weekend, rough, rough weeks. Probably, probably part of the reason why I didn't have time to put stuff together because I have been doing a little bit of grieving. With a little bit of grieving came a little bit of drinking. Um, so there's that, um, I, I can talk about it without getting too teary eyed now. Um, there's, there's still some times, you know, when you go downstairs and it's not quiet, you don't hear her leash. Um, it, it's still a little rough, but it is, it is what it is. I suppose <laughs> I did say it was a rough, rough week. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, Demonox knows me. Demonox, he gets me. Um, he told just tagged me on a Facebook with a dinosaur joke on my page, and it was perfect. Um, my, my definitely my sense of humor. Um, I, haven't, I haven't done too much joking about um, about her passing though, but you know she is a good dog, and um, it's. We have three cats in the house, three new kittens uh, that are nine weeks old. Uh, they are a mess. <laughs> they are definitely keeping us occupied. It's probably another reason why I haven't had the energy to do a lot of stuff because they like to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and run across my feet. And I don't have to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning because I don't have to commute. I can just wake up and go to my desk. Uh, so the cats have been trying to keep me up too. Um, anyway. So... I don't know what else to talk about. So I guess uh, unless any of y'all have anything that you want, any, any of my uh, uh, cats are assholes. I love my cat. I love cats. You know, we have three of them. They're very sweet. Uh, I've always said that before when I had two previous cats. That's the other thing is that in December we lost S'mores, our cat that had feline leukemia. Um, he was a stray that we had picked up. Um, and we had him for about two years before he passed away. And then before that, like a year before that, uh, we lost Sylvester, a yellow tabby, um, that my wife had found after Katrina. Like she came, uh, she came, uh, back uh, from evacuation, went to go work at her work. Um, and then like you would hear just a underneath her, uh, underneath her, her, her work. And there's this little cat right there. So she like gave him a little food or gave some gave some food a couple of times. And I was like, oh, she's gonna bring that cat home. And she did. And he was a very cute little cat and very he was a very snuggly loving cat. So it's it's been a bad couple of years um for uh for pets in our house. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to get three kittens. Because by getting three kittens, we uh we enabled it enabled us to be able to uh um you know, hopefully that they'll live nice long lives and we can go a long time without having to deal with the loss of a pet again. So um, there's that. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Next week is kind of my birthday show. My birthday is May 20th. Next episode is May 19th. We will see what we gonna do. Um, you'll, we'll see how much ranting I have to do based on how my school was able to handle um, distancing. Because we flat out told the school, I said, look, now my son, he he is he has to be responsible and wear a mask and wear it properly and be social distance himself while he's there. Um, and my, my son has some accommodations that are being made because of some, you know, OCD issues. Uh, so he gets to, uh, so he'll, he'll, he gets a little extra time to take these tests. And because of that, he'll be separated from most of the other kids. So hopefully that will increase and help with the social distancing. But we told him if the kids aren't masking up, if they're not being socially distanced, if, if, if it does not feel safe to you, you tell them to call us. We will come get you, and we'll worry about the repercussions of what happens with the test later. I think the test really, I don't even think it's necessary. We could opt them out of it if we can. It just hurts the school. So um, we are half tempted to just say, screw it. You're not, you're not getting my son in this situation. You're, gonna, you're not going to put him in a dangerous situation. But if they, if they act responsibly, and I know – that the principal does want to be responsible. I know that the principal would like everybody to, be, to behave properly. It's just I've been told by the principal that parents have cursed her out because she's had to correct kids and tell them to wear masks properly, and they won't. So that's my issue. So if, if, if she can't if, – if they can't get control of the kids because the parents aren't setting an example and making sure that they're behaving properly in school – you know, that's why I want my kids vaccinated, because I don't trust anybody else. I don't trust uh, other parents to have their kids behave properly. I know my kids would. I know my kids are going to follow my directions, because my kids know the importance of it. And my kids actually care about other people as well. We've taught our kids to, you know, what, let, let's talk about my kids first. This is just the personal segment of Liberal Day and Radio, uh, you know. My little, little little bragging on my kids. Like I remember one time, uh, we sent my son to school. They're having a bake sale, and we sent him with six bucks, six dollar bills, and like, the items for the bake sale are going to be a dollar a piece or whatever. One of my son's friends uh, didn't have any cash to buy any baked goods, so what did he do? He gave them to uh, he gave he gave a couple bucks to his friend. Um, and he did that a couple of times. And I said, you know, it actually got to the point where it was like, you were a very sweet boy for doing that. But, you know, we don't have unlimited money either. Uh, so, you know, you can share a little bit, but most of this is supposed to be for you. Because um, he was giving away half. And, I mean, that's, that just shows how good of a person he is and how good of a person that we're raising. And my oldest son, and my youngest son, too. Uh, I told them the other day, I was like, look, you need you need to clean your stuff out of the dining room because they basically took over the dining room. And I would like to reclaim the dining room for things like eating dinner, um, hanging out with friends, playing when, once it's safe to have people over and uh, and play uh, board games and stuff. I would like to have them come to my house instead of me having to go everywhere. Um, so, so when I said, look, you know, we're going to make – piles and you're going to we're going to throw away some stuff and we're going to put stuff that if you want to keep we're going to put it in bins and my youngest one goes well how about we donate some of it so my youngest kid wants to donate stuff 
Uh, a fourth pile, I guess, would probably also be for uh, for um, car garage sale because once this is over, we have a lot of stuff that's going to go to garage sale. Um, but both my kids, you know, I, I just I feel that we're doing a very good job in in raising them because they're they are very giving and they're willing and they're very caring um, and they they want to do the right thing and want to help other people. Um, so that tells me that we're doing a good job. And, and one thing I'm concerned about is how many, how many parents are raising their kids to not be like that? How many parents are setting the example for their, for their children uh, during this pandemic to say, you're, it's, not your, it's not our responsibility to care about you. It's not your responsibility. Uh, it's only your responsibility to care about you. Don't care about anybody else. Don't, don't, your actions shouldn't impact anybody else. You, you shouldn't worry about how your actions impact anybody else is what I should say. So what, what are the next generation of kids going to be like? How, how many of them are going to be like their parents? How many of them are going to be selfish instead of selfless? And I'm sure I've made mistakes as parenting. I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the perfect parent. Sure, every I as well as everybody can do better. But I look at some parents and I'm like, those kids are going to turn out terrible because they they were probably raised. Because to me, if you're not, I question if if you were raised right. If you're not taking, if you're not looking at your fellow humans and saying, what can I do in the middle of this pandemic that protects you? How can I how can I prevent my actions from harming you? So I don't know. Uh, some people don't think like that. And I, I, I blame parenting, I think. I question whether or not people have learned the right lessons. Um, something, I'm, maybe it's part of me being raised Jewish. Uh, the old proverb, if I, am, if I am not for me, who else will be for me? But if I am only for myself, who am I? And if not now, when? So but that's the second part. If I am only for myself, who am I? What kind of person am I if I am only for myself? Clearly, you have to look out for yourself. Clearly, you have to make decisions that are best for you and your, you and your family, number one. But you also have to care about other people, too. And if you don't care about other people, what does that say about you? And if not now, when? Meaning don't put off uh, till tomorrow what you can do today which I, I think is weird. It doesn't necessarily fit in the whole thing, except for maybe when it comes to doing things to help your fellow man, don't wait to help your fellow man do it today. Maybe if that's the case, then maybe that fits well. Anyway, I believe that we are going to call this the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. I want to thank Demonox, bringing a boy for joining us in the chat. Again, thank you, Demonox, for being the first Liberal Day and Radio Patreon. Shout out to Cesar as well, the other patreon a birthday is coming up so if you want to be a patreon for liberal day and radio what a great way to just say hey i'm going to give liberal day and radio uh 36 bucks for the year and there you go um liberal day and radio on twitter uh tiktok youtube facebook.com slash liberal day and all the good stuff we'll be back next wednesday 8 p.m central until then dance the liberal day and radio talk for the last And also shout out to the little boy that's
Yeah.